what they know about them Texas boys. You're listening to the most dangerous show in Texas, Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn. Wherever you are, however you may be listening, it is now Fight Night. Welcome to Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn and hornfm.com. I'm your host, Eddie Cross. You can find me on Twitter at Eddie Experience, one E in the middle. Joining me as always, just like his hometown LA schools, he's joining the Big Ten in 2024, Mr. Jordan Wahlberger. Jordan, I know since going to Utah, since your family moved to Utah, you're more used to the snow, but I don't know if you guys can handle it up there in Big Ten country. It'll, it'll be really interesting. I mean, I honestly, Texas. Texas should probably withdraw from the SEC, and they should join the Big Ten as well. That would be a better I'm super smart. conference for them. Also, better road trips. Yeah, it would be much better. They're, the most interesting places in the SEC are Vanderbilt and Austin. Well, Vanderbilt and Texas. Nashville, Austin. Everything else is just some uh, Podunkville, Fayetteville, Knoxville, Gainesville, Starkville, Baton Rouge. I mean, it's just a little scary at nighttime. It's still a fun time. I've been there. <laughs> so, well, and it's great to see you. It's great. I mean, what a great weekend of fights. Um, oh yeah, we, guys, we are back. We're, we're going to talk UFC 276. We're going to talk PFL six. Uh, guys, you can find us at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. You can find me at Nonstop MMA, uh, Eddie. Tell me, I mean, I was in Utah all last week. I've got great news. I think I told you last yeah. week. I've got water in my pool. Yes, you did. I have water. I have now swam in my pool. Spent the weekend enjoying it, swimming. You. Played the water polo in the pool. It was a fantastic time. Well, you played water polo in the pool? Kind of that's, a little that's bit. That's work, Jordan. That's work. You got to separate work from play. I enjoy it. It's just a, it's just a fun time. So we're, we're, you we just have, like beating up on your kids, don't you? Now we have some landscaping. Now we have more work to do. It's just, it's just like one project like bleeds into another one. Have you got that fence up yet to keep all the foxes and mules out? That's part of that. That's, I've, I've got a quote for one. All right. Yeah. So we're working on it. Like our friends at the Viking Fence? I wish. I, w- I mean, Viking Fence, hit me up. I'd love to talk to you guys. So, uh, Eddie, I was in Utah all last week. My old stomping grounds. I was at the stadium. My son, I think I told you, he was at a BYU basketball camp last week. He oh, actually right. stayed in the right on the same floor in the dorm room that I stayed in. I walked really? in. I said, "What well, still smells like a, a college dorm?" I was going to ask, "Does it still smell like nineteen-year-old uh, Jordan?" I mean, I didn't actually get in my room, but uh, he was like down the hall from my room. I did. I did take a picture in front of my room, and uh, so it's ex- ex- exciting times. That is nice. Yeah, dorms have this weird, like, kind of sweet disinfectant type of smell that never gets out of your brain. Yeah, Jester smelled like, like Lysol and sugar or something. It was, it was really weird. It, it was weird for me when I walked in. I don't think I've ever thought of the smell that the dorm room smelled like, but I, when I walked in, I was like, oh, that's familiar. <laughs> uh, my son it's got like- to play basketball at the Marriott Center. That's where BYU plays basketball. So he was playing on the floor there. So that, he, that was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Good time. Uh, is he any around. good? He's, he's doing better. He's, he's doing great. He's learning a lot. And, uh, you know, hopefully we're getting ready for the eighth grade season coming up. Yeah. How are those handles? You know, he's going to he's going to get those. He's going to get them eventually. You know, we keep working on them. All right. Has he beat week? you yet? No, he's, that's, that doesn't happen. You couldn't beat me, Eddie. <laughs> Listen, man, you wouldn't score a thing. How uh, my week is pretty boring. Pretty boring. Um, just working home uh, Friday night. Watch some PFL. Saturday night, watch the fights. Uh, how went was, to a buddy's how house, was your Fourth uh, of July though? Buda. What did you do on the Fourth of July? Did you did you see some fireworks? 
I went to this, uh, Round Rocks to watch fireworks with a friend. Nice. I was up in Georgetown. And his family. Oh, look at that. Just missed you. Wonderful day. I'm glad. Yeah, but yeah, nothing too exciting here. Um, as much as you love holidays, everything sucks trying to get somewhere. So I'm saving my beach weekend for a couple weekends from now. Yeah, it's busy, right? It's like the grocery store is busy, like everywhere. Like like last minute food on the weekend, it makes it tough. Oh my God, HEB was a nightmare just Friday morning. Oh man, or Saturday morning. Yeah, so I was, forget, I was there uh, on Saturday as well. Later, you stop stop stalking me, man. I'm sorry. Well, anything else before we got? I mean, we got a lot of fights to talk about, Eddie. Um, not unless you got some fun stories from Utah. Nothing else. I mean, I had an enjoyable time. I, I actually didn't didn't get to do anything real fun. But let's talk UFC 276 Saturday night, T-Mobile Arena, same night as Money in the Bank. Obviously, I, 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 let's let's make it. Let's let's say right now, you got to say that UFC 276 was the bigger event, only so by the fact that Vince McMahon, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon. Pat McAfee in a neck brace for some reason, and uh, and Nick Khan all show up to the UFC fight after Money if, the Bank ends. I don't know if that meant it was bigger, but it was just timing wise it worked out well for them because what they started like seven central, and at seven central UFC is just starting their prelims. So by the time they're finished, and they wrap everything up. They're just only halfway through like the mid card, they're halfway through the main card. So they can come over. Plus, with Adesanya using all the Undertaker's theme and entrance, I mean, you think there was a there had to be a little uh, give there. Well, they also had to get those rights. They also played uh, "Heartbreak Kid" Shawn Michaels song when Jessica Rose Clark came out. I missed that part. Yeah, so that I was also fast happened. forwarding through all the talking. You you wonder though, like I, I was. I think there's a missed opportunity when the when Izzy is coming out as the Undertaker. How do you not pan over to Vince or Stephanie or Triple H there? Like, how do right. you miss that opportunity? And how does he not just walk over there? Just stand in front of Triple H and Vince McMahon. Present the them the urn? Yeah, something like that. Maybe Triple H gets down and does a Paul Bear? I don't know. They could have done something. But it was pretty cool as it was. But the funny thing I thought of after the, after the show was over is this really shows the disparity or the difference between the two um, shows. Like, a real fight, you never know how it's going to end. It could be a fantastic like it was here at UFC Austin, or it could be kind of lackluster like it was Saturday. But with wrestling, because they plan it out and they know how it's going to end and they are able to manipulate your emotions, you almost always get a good show. Yeah, I mean, but for the most part, right? UFC yeah. sometimes can leave you wanting. Yeah, and, and that's like, you got to feel like at the end of the day, you were wanting more. And the show was like paced really well. It was going really well. Uh, you know, a, l- a little bit lackluster in that, that first fight, the way that, that Munoz-O'Malley fight ended. We'll get back to that in a little bit. But other than that, I mean, it was a great, like it was shaping up to be a great pay-per-view. And you and I were, tw- were, were tweeting back and forth before the fight. You know, I really wanted to see something big, right? Something special out of Israel Adesanya. This is a stage for him to really turn it on, to showcase kind of his skills that, you know, if you're going to be, you know, one of the best pound for pound fighters in the world, like this is your moment to, you know, where everyone's watching. It's the biggest fight of the year. We needed to see more. The entrance was great. If you're, yeah, if you're going to be a celebrity fighter, like he's turning into, you know, you got Drake out here betting a million dollars on him to win. Um, if you're gonna be that kind of celebrity, we need to see some sparks. Now, you can't say, can't blame it all on him, because according to him, Kenanir and his team had a good game plan that kind of kept him off of his game plan. But 
hey, that's the thing about the city kickboxing guys. Normally they have an adjustment to the adjustment. And so by round three or so, you see something different. In this case, it was just the same the whole time. And it was not spectacular. I mean, it was a good win for him against a dangerous guy. But it wasn't the kind of spectacular thing you've come to expect. Yeah. A win is a win. But the problem is, is that, you know, we thought, you know, Izzy had a sign. Izzy's coming into the cage, right? He's marking his territory. And we thought, you know, okay, this is something that's going to be special. And going back to the Jan Blachowicz fight, we just haven't seen anything, you know, three decisions in a row. Marvin Vittori, Robert Whitaker, Jared Cannonier. We should have seen finishes. And at least, you know, one or two of those, Vittori. Cannoneer. I mean, those these are fights that you would expect if you think that Israel Adesanya is going to be the Anderson Silva level, right? He's got to finish these fights. He's got to be spectacular. He's got to, uh, and I don't know, maybe his, his psyche has changed a little bit since the Blahovitz fight. And, you know, he was kind of has to be a little bit more reserved to make sure that he just gets the win. But yeah, I think he is playing safer. It, it just, he did seem like he was playing it safe in, in that fight. So. And there's also a case of just people catching up to him at some point, too. That happens. Just like you see the light heavyweight division where John Jones's last few title defenses were pretty lackluster. But it's also the division just got better. The fighters are better. They've been training for that particular guy for a couple of years now. So that's just one of the things he's going to have to improve. Like Anderson Silva kind of went through the same kind of stretch where he had some, some stinkers. Like if you think about, what was it, Abu Dhabi? Mm-hmm. Um, but then he kind of rebounded. After basically getting griped out by Dana White, he kind of rebounded and came back with some more spectacular finishes. The fight was never in question, right? Izzy, I, I always had him. I, I thought it was a, you know, 49-46, could be 50-45. One judge gave it that. Uh, but at no point did I think that, you know, did he lose that fight in a, in a decision. I, I was just obviously obviously hoping for more. Yeah. I, and remember, I had picked Jared Cannonier because I thought Izzy seemed kind of distracted. And if you saw that press conference from Thursday, mm-hmm. or was it Thursday or Friday, with him and Sean Strickland going back and forth, like he's answering a lot of questions about Strickland, about Pajera, um, and thinks it seemed a little off. But Cannonier never really put himself out there to go for the win. Like, I don't know if it was Izzy just keeping him off balance or him just wanting to not become a highlight. But he never put himself out there and risked it all to get that belt. Yeah. And against someone like Izzy, if you're playing it safe, you're right in his range, and he's going to pick you apart. Yeah. If you look at the rankings going into the fight, uh, Robert Whitaker, number one, Izzy has two wins over him. Uh, Jared Cannonier now has a win over him. Marvin Vittori, he's got a win. I think he has two wins over him, excuse me. Now, uh, if, if you look at it, um, you know, the next person was Sean Strickland. And so that just really opens up. You know, Alex Pajeda has to be the next person. And, and then obviously, we'll talk about him in a second, but I mean, there's going to be really interesting to see how they market this fight because you don't have a guy who can talk in Pajeda. Obviously, he, he doesn't speak English. But you've got a guy that you know, has video of him knocking out and sleeping Israel Adesanya. Well, that's basically why they moved this fight to this card. So you could have Pajeda and Strickland you know, right underneath Izzy, and you could talk about that and kind of start the process. Um, and it'll be interesting. You know, like I said, Pajera doesn't speak English, but Izzy is going to do a lot of talking because he's got a lot to make up for those highlights. But And you got to wonder how much the UFC shows those highlights of him getting uh, blasted. Well, they showed some of it already, right? So they, they have shown it. it. And so, yeah, um, how much will they show it in the lead up? I, I think they're going to have to. Show these, That's how you show have these to commercials on ESPN. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, let's talk about Pajeda real quick before we talk about Volkanovski versus Holloway. Uh, but because I, I think we just we can we can hit this in a couple minutes. I'll be honest. Sean Strickland at the press conference was remarkably charming. Just like in a weird way, just like the way you he would was... say that because you are such a troll. No, no, no. But so like when so when Sean Strickland is, is trolling Izzy, no, you would love that. No, it wasn't. so. Much I mean, a, he was funny. though. It wasn't so much like the trolling Izzy part. It was like the you guys are all going to get me in trouble. You know, I can't I can't control myself. Why don't don't ask me questions like beforehand. And it was just like <laughs> like honest and like obviously, you know, he, he's a really weirdo and has done despicable things. But in that moment, you're like. Okay, I I could see him. I'd be okay with him fighting. And this was this was I was interested by him. And it wasn't like in a X Pac heat or like a go away. It was like, yeah, he was like he was funny, you know. Well, no, when he starts talking, well, before this one, uh, the the things he would say, it was more of a um, you want to watch him like a New Jack style as opposed to an X Pac. Yeah, like this guy is about real serious violence. But then he would get in the cage and just be all technical. And but this time, it didn't matter what he did. He looked scared. He looked scared of Pajeda, like timid of the fight. Like he was like nervous coming in for shots, and he was just waiting. You know, and and you, you kind of grant you have to be right when you have a, a kickboxer like Pajeda, and and Pajeda yeah. looked so much bigger than him in uh, in the cage. He as did. Well. So it, you know, it was you know remarkable the way that fight ended. The and and then Sean Strickland it almost seemed like he was protesting. Like that's just when you're so knocked out that you have no idea what's happening. <laughs> Like he could have been stopped. That fight could have been stopped after that first punch landed. Yeah. But then he comes back, and I didn't even realize that first until a few replays that Pajeda landed two right hands in a row. Yeah. That second one as he was going down. I'm like, oh my god, this guy's power is ridiculous. And like you said, he seems so much bigger. Him and Izzy are the same height, but thickness-wise, they are not. Yeah. He doesn't look like he should be making 185. So we know what's be- what's next for both of them, right? So let's go to the co-main event. This was interesting. This was really weird, actually, for me leading up to the fight. I thought Max Holloway at the press conference was visibly different. This is not the way that Max, you know, usually responds to people, just the way that he was calling him out. I don't know if he was trying to psych himself up, but it was just like a different Max. And the game, he kind of paused going into the fight. Yeah, that's always worrisome. Kind of reminds you of uh, was, Ronda before yep. the, the home fight. But, man, I thought Volk would win. I thought he'd outpoint him. I didn't expect to see massive head wound Harry in the cage because he really jacked Holloway up. He looked like a Ric Flair Crimson Mass type of fight. And just so much blood was just coming down. One thing that we talked about oh last week was how much better, and we, we knew that Max continues to be good, but with the, how much better that we had seen Alexander Volkanovsky get as he was, you know, what, what he did to Korean Zombie. You know, he put on a master class there. Um, he, he just looks so impressive there. Uh, obviously the Ortega fight was really close and there were some moments where he had, he had to gut that out where he was almost, you know, going to lose by, by a choke, but he was able to kind of improve and get better. And so, you know, I kind of, I think both of us, we picked Volkanovsky. I thought Volkanovsky might get the finish. I was actually surprised the doctor didn't go in there to actually even look at that cut, especially in some of those when they open it up. I mean, it was so wide. I mean, that's going to oh, be that's, so disgusting. I hope they have a good plastic surgeon. Yeah, um, like I'm glad they didn't stop it, but part of me wishes they would have. But the doctor didn't even look. That's the part that was surprising. I was surprised that that you would think that they would at least take a look in there. Yeah, it's Nevada at its best, isn't it? Yeah, they're uh, like this is the money fight. It's going on, especially after the eye poke in the first in the opener. 
I, I think that that's squarely. We'll see what happens when Kamar Usman fights Leon Edwards next month. But for me, gosh, I think that puts, if I were to go pound for pound, Volk has to jump to my number two spot. He has to, he has to leap Izzy. If he hadn't before, he does now uh, to be the number two pound for pound fighter. And he's got to be knocking on the door of Kamaru because, I mean, we'll see what he does. He, you know, he called out, you know, moving up to 155 pounds after the fight. And obviously, you know, he weighed 240 pounds. Um, Max Holloway is a similar size, I think, to Charles Oliveira. And so I don't think he has a ton of fits. I mean, to see what he can do, he knows how to get in there. He knows how to to use that shorter frame and, and to use his shorter arms to to do punches. Uh, but in order to land punches, and so we'll see. I, I think, yeah, I, I give him a chance in there. Well, yeah, in the official rankings last week, Volkanovski was number two in pound for pound, so he should stay right there. Uh, Izzy is number three, Oliveira number four. So, yeah, you're right on target. And I don't see anyone that could complain about that. Including Izzy. I mean, you want to say something, you know, show it to us. Yeah. And you want to say that, yeah, the, the competition's gotten better. He's fighting higher up. But at some point, you know, you're coming down those rankings. So you fight the guy that, you know, technically is number two, but is he really the second best contender? No. And so you should think, you would think as you come down the rankings, you get uh, the finishes would get a little higher. And But Volk... He has stayed right there at the top. Max Holloway just beats all the other contenders to stay right there. And then he does that to him Saturday night. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we talked about this, that there was a there's a difference, right, between these guys. And, you know, Volk is clearly, you know, the number one guy in the division and, and just so impressive with how he has continued to, to kind of grow and to, and to get better. So uh, it, it was really impressive. Yeah, and I'd like to see Josh Emmett get his shot at a title just because he's been around and it will be his last time. But, oh, you want to talk about uh, leading a lamb to slaughter. Yeah. Just so you know, uh, Max Holloway is one inch, one inch bigger, taller than Charles Oliveira. So as far as, like, height goes, you're not going to be dealing with much much more um, than what you've just dealt with a few times. If you're No, but you will be dealing with guys that are naturally bigger. Yeah. So the uh, the power advantage won't be as big. It'll, it'll be interesting to see. But the good news is that Oliveira was, but, you know, has fought at featherweight before. So this is the guy that you kind of, that kind of you know goes in between these two weight classes. He's missed he's missed weight of both weights, you know. So it's, it'll be interesting. <laughs> so, uh, but there just you a, go, trolling again. A really great performance in general from from Alexander Volkanovsky. Um, it was, and he deserves to be applauded. What do you do with your Max Holloway though at this point? Oh man, I think. I think you may take some time off and build your body up a little bit to move up. Yeah, I mean, I kind of think, don't, he you, needs don't a, you have to move up too? That, I think so, but he needs a break. But if if Volk's going to move up at the same time, yeah, it's worst case scenario I don't know there. what's the point. Yeah. yeah. So, But he, he'll he need a little time off. Definitely going to have a big uh, medical suspension yeah. for that cut on his eye. But yeah, he needs to put on some weight, build himself up to be able to compete. Because when he fought um, Dustin Poirier, he was just completely out, outpowered. It was a great fight, though. It was, but he got obliterated. I mean, it was great for us to watch, but hard to watch at the same time. You know, understandable. Uh, let's go to the uh, next fight, the fight of the night, actually. Brian Barberina versus Rob. Man, I were, call this one. These guys were just sad that headhunting right. in this fight. Yeah, I'm. I'm sad that I was right about it because everyone loves Robbie Lawler, but I just looked at it and I'm like, they picked Brian Barberina because he is just going to go out there and throw hands. And Robbie Lawler has had trouble pulling the trigger lately. And Barbarino, you know, he's just one of those tough, hard-nosed guys. Not a lot of athletic ability, but he's just going to stick his face in there and just go for it. 
And that's what he did. Robbie Lawler was really outstriking him power-wise because Barbarino was just kind of touching, touching, touching. But then after a while, those elbows kind of caught up with him, and Robbie all of a sudden looked really old. Yeah, I, I was just really surprised that neither guy was going down until, until they did, right? It was just like these guys were taking so much punishment and, and just seemed like they were both landing shots. Uh, Brian Barberina now won three in a row, uh, but Robbie Lawler and Matt Brown, those are some OGs in back-to-back wins that he has right there. They are, but those OGs, are, the O is the specific part there, and yeah. Robbie is 40, and he looks 50. And I'm kind of sad that he didn't also take off his gloves at the end of the night because I don't want to see that happen to him again. Yeah, you, you go back to when he won the title, right? So he won the title back in 2000. Uh, oh, excuse me. He, he won the title. We were there. Um, actually, we were, I guess we were there when we lost the title. But he won the title in split decision. That was 2014. He lost the title to Tyron Woodley. Remember, he got knocked out uh, 2016, yes. July 30th. Since then, in Dallas, yeah. he's got a win over Donald Cerrone. That was actually in Atlanta. That you're incorrect. Uh, then he's got a win no. over uh, Donald Cerrone, but then he has losses to oh, RDA, wrong, Ben Askren, Colby yeah. Covington, Neil Magny. He has a win over Nick Diaz, and now that loss to Brian Barberino. That's that's a tough. You know, since losing the title, that's it. Just it's that's a tough go. I mean, it's not like those are names to scoff at. No, but that's a lot of losses in a row. And if you can't compete at the highest level, you got to ask yourself why are you still doing it? And I just don't want to see him take that again. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, let's go Pedro Munoz versus Sean O'Malley. This fight, uh, according to Sean O'Malley, he stopped Pedro oh. Munoz. Uh, according to your DraftKings, uh, he did not uh, stop Pedro Munoz. Yeah, yeah. He cost me, Sean, Sean O'Malley and his lackadaisical fingers cost me 20 bucks, man. Munoz has come I had, said that he had his eyeball, his cornea scratched. Yeah. It looked, after it kind of slowed it down, you got a better look at it. It did look, like a much worse eye poke than we originally thought. Um, but man, so disappointing. And especially after kind of the buildup they had given Sean O'Malley to for this. And he was also kind of playing it safe and going a little slow mm-hmm. as opposed to the way he normally fights, which isn't a, not a bad thing. You got to take your time, but yeah, it was not turning into a great fight to begin with. You got to react. Yeah, I had, yeah, you do. And it was his first time fighting someone in the top 10, and this happens. Yeah, you got to run it back. Yeah. But yeah, in my DraftKings lineup, I had Barbarino, Duplessis, Pajeda, Jalen Turner, Jim Miller, Sean O'Malley as the captain who would get one and a half times the points. And he just crapped out, and I ended up making 50 cents instead of like 25 bucks. Oh, man. I, I apologize. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that happened. Uh, speaking of Jalen Turner, though, he had Stupid a good unicorn win. Here. His submission that he had, oh, he had a great over win. Brad Riddell, that was impressive. Yeah, that was surprising because another one of those uh, New Zealand city kickboxing guys who, you know, they've got great coaching. They have, all have great kickboxing. It's in the name. But this one did not last long. Went to the ground and poof. Yeah, I was impressed by Jalen Turner there. Uh, that was a really good win for him. Uh, especially yeah, because he I, think, keep that I think Brad Riddell, right? He was a prospect that we thought was, you know, you know I think he has that loss to Fazeev. That's his last loss. But um, other than that, I mean, and we think highly of him. We're going to talk about him later. But, you know, Jalen Turner... I'm interested to see kind of what else they do with him. And that, that was obviously, he's got a loss to Vicente Luque, but that's at, uh, at welterweight. But I'm interested to see what yeah. kind of what, what the, the potential that Jalen Turner can have. All right, Eddie. Yeah, just his right, body Eddie. type at lightweight yeah. is going to be a hell of a thing for people to handle. He's the tarantula guy, right? I think so. I do. I, I think he is. Um, all right. You've got 
the fight that we should have had happen. Well, at least one half. We should have seen well, half of it, yeah. Cowboy Cerrone fight here. Cowboy Cerrone versus Jim Miller, the rematch. Jim Miller exacts revenge on Cowboy Cerrone. Chokes him out. And uh, I think, you know, now becomes he has the most wins in UFC history. Good chance he stays that way, that he's not going to uh, lose that, you know, that record anytime soon. Because after the fight, the guy who he was tied with retired. Donald Cowboy Cerrone yeah. retires after the fight. Um, obviously, he says, look, I'm, I don't love this anymore. I want to go be a movie star. Uh, I'm done. I'm, I'm done with, with this kind of uh, thing that's going on here. Well, you got to know at his, at his age, the weight cut's got to really take a toll on him. And especially now that he had to basically do it three times in a row. It's just, it's just kind of wear you out, man. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, congratulations for Jim Miller. Dana White has already come out and said that if he does, if he's still on the roster, by the time UFC uh, 300 happens, he will put him on the card, if he's able to, right? as long as he's not injured or anything. So he'll be at <laughs> UFC 100, like, UFC 200, and UFC 300. It's like, if I haven't fired his ass yet, I'll, I'll let him fight. Yeah, I don't know how you could, Thanks. right? So, uh, Thanks, all right, Dana. just a couple other ones. You mentioned Adricus Duplessis. He won. Ian Gary. He won. There was some. Uh, oh, he looked was, really good. Yeah, yeah, there were some really good exchanges there. Uh, Andre Muniz defeating Uriah Hall. Um, Macy Barber still can't wrestle. We had another retirement. Jessica I. She retired after her loss to uh, to Macy Barber. And then in the first fight of the night, uh, Julija Stoliarenko. She uh, man that armbar. On, uh, on Jessica Rose Clark, that was uh, that oh, was it was it was nasty. I mean, it might be a tighter, like more vicious armbar than Ronda's. And she said she, I think she said she had struggled with finishing with it before. So now she just like immediately goes towards breaking the arm. That's that's scary. Yeah. She's already an armbar specialist, but to put that kind of viciousness behind it. But with that one, the um, Tavares Duplessis fight was pretty bloody, and then. The Holloway fight. Oh my gosh! The, there was some red, nastiness. red, uh, red octagon over there. Yeah, there's some nastiness. So you kind of forget about those with the lackluster uh, O'Malley and Adesanya fights. Yeah, that happens. All right, Eddie. That was UFC 276. Let's jump over to PFL six real quick. The final regular season night for the PFL. In the main event, you saw Kayla Harrison defeat Caitlin Young. Uh, first round TKO. Uh, Caitlin Young seemed to, you know. She didn't like the stoppage, but, I mean, it was only going one way. Let's be honest. Yeah, she wasn't going anywhere. I mean, it, they could have let her go on for another 30 seconds. She would just got pounded 10 more times. So, no no issue there. She's um, going to end up, I think she's number two, right? Uh, Larissa Pacheco will now be number one going into yeah, the, Kayla the playoffs. number two. Yeah, Pacheco's one. And it looks like they finally found some, some lightweights who are actually closer to being real lightweights, closer to Kayla Harrison's size. So, that should make this more interesting. Uh, Pacheco and... Um, Oh, Ukraine's Olena Kolesnik. Mm -hmm. Both have a. Uh, oh, and um, sorry, Martina Jandrova. That's they have fight. kind of striking. Yeah, they have the striking that could possibly keep Kayla on the defensive. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Ukraine's Olena Kolesnik is fighting to be able to move her family out of the Ukraine, hopefully to the UK, to uh, avoid uh, avoid the war. So that's an interesting storyline there. Yeah, uh, Roy McDonald. How about and him? He uh, he had he had gone into the playoffs already, but he lost. I saw yeah, him. I saw one... Tim Kennedy. I saw uh, Andrew Craig. Some friends of the show. They were out there uh, with him for, uh, for yeah. Um, um, Rory's been training here in Austin with Tim Kennedy. So how you haven't gotten an interview or anything yet for us? I don't know. Yeah, slacker. I'm a little surprised about that. But yeah, um, but yeah, you got to wonder. 
since he had already had it wrapped up and he was fighting this dangerous world kickboxing champ, if he was just kind of taking it easy, he spent most of his time in the clinch. So, it, and he still ended up with a cut under his eye and the loss. So you got to wonder if that was just part of the plan was just take it easy and not and to avoid anything big because he's still the number one seed. Yeah. Hey, how about the Battle of the Coopers there? Oh, my God. Ray Cooper took out all his frustrations on Brett Cooper. Ray Cooper, two-time welterweight champion, missed weight in the first um, in the opener of the play of the regular season, so he ended up with negative one point. So he wasn't going to make the playoffs. Well, he found out he was eliminated from playoff contention just before his fight started, and boy, did he take it all out on Brett Cooper. What was it 20, 24, twenty-four seconds? seconds. Yeah. So does that mean he has five yeah. points in because he gets the six? You know, the six points first round finish. But they exactly. ends up with five points and five didn't get you in. Exactly. So he finished in fifth place. So, but he will be the first alternate in case someone drops out. Okay. So, I can't say I want to see someone drop out, but I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't miss seeing uh, Magomed Umalatov and, uh, and having Ray Cooper take his place. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Magomed Magomed Karamov. He also got a win. We mentioned Larissa Pacheco too. So. But he was eliminated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. That is PFL six UFC two sixty seven. Guys, you're listening to Fight Night right here on 104.9 The Horn, hornfm.com, and we will be right back. It's What's Up With That. Woke up this morning and I got out of bed. Had a big old cup of coffee to clear my head. Been home for a while and that's where I'm at. But we can still jam on What's Up With That. What's up with that? 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 You, yeah. Woo, well. And welcome back to What's Up With That. I'm Eddie. That is Jordan. You're listening to 104.9 The Horn and hornfm.com. You like my game show? Uh, host voice there, Jordan. My wife, my wife actually calls me out sometimes. She's like, "Do your radio voice." I'm like, "I don't have a radio voice," <laughs> and she's like, "No, no, do it. Do, do your radio." I'm like, "No, I don't have one." Um, but that's kind of what my radio voice sounds like, I think. And you'll hear it next round. Yeah, I've been accused of having a radio voice, especially in the intro. I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just trying to be more, you know, more exciting, more out there, more I'm just interesting. talking. I guess my normal voice is so boring that people think when I'm trying to sound interesting that it's a radio voice. No. You are boring, so. Well, yeah, Jordan Gilbert Burns posted a video of two top fighters getting into it at UFC 276. What's up with that? Yeah, so how about Gilbert Burns playing the role of uh, of the media yesterday? So he posted this. I want to say it was. I'm trying to think what fight it was. It was. It was earlier on in the night. It wasn't. It was before they actually showed Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje together. If you saw them on uh, on screen, I did see that. But he showed a video of uh, so Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler getting into it in, in an altercation. Like they were being held back by security. Um, they were being, they were arguing at each other. Uh, you know, Poirier re- looks like he repeatedly calls Chandler a fake blank blanker. And then uh, he also says that he says, I will mess you up. He doesn't actually say those words. It's tough to hear what uh, Chandler was saying back, but he was like being held back by security. And these guys are going after it. Now you remember, like this is not the first time that these guys have gone after each other, like in the media. Uh, you know, when right when when Dustin Poirier, or excuse me, when Michael Chandler first came to the UFC, when he had that win over Dan Hooker, and Dustin Poirier had that win over Conor McGregor. You know, McGr- you know, Poirier was like, I, he needs to actually do something here before he has even earned a shot at me. 
And now that, you know, we see Michael Chandler, what he's done, and we think that, hey, he probably has earned a shot uh, to fight someone like a Dustin Poirier. Uh, you know, now Michael Chandler's been a little bit dismissive, right, of, uh, of, of Dustin Poirier because he's like, you know, that guy, you know, he's, he's coming off a loss. Who's he? Uh, and so it's interesting, these guys going back and forth. I wouldn't be surprised. This fight probably gets added somewhere down the line. Maybe it happens in, uh, in September. Maybe, maybe they could add it to, uh, to UFC 270. Is it 278 in Utah? That, that's kind of in the need for one more great fight. Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler would be a great fight. You know, I want to say it's a shame that 277 is missing out on this, but that's still a great card, so I can't be greedy. Well, yeah, I mean, 277, I think that's you got some really, actually really fantastic fights. That that would not, uh, I mean, and tickets are already on sale, right? So that's that's the problem. Yeah. Tickets on sale. Yeah, that's just me being greedy. They're not on sale for UFC 278. So uh, is, is that the fight you'd like to see, though? I mean, Poirier versus Chandler, does that, does that, does oh, that make you excited? Oh, hell yes. Hell yeah. And... And you know it's going to be one of those things where the the wrestling kind of cancels each other out, so they're just going to be slugging, and like that's one of those legacy fights that could end up in the Hall of Fame. All right, speaking of Hall of Famers, Jordan, Daniel Cormier, on the heels of being inducted into the Hall of Fame, made a shocking admission this weekend. What's up with that? Yeah, so not even like on the heels of being inducted, like while he is being inducted, he goes out and he says, guys. This is my time. I want to be honest. This is my time to be completely transparent. And then jokingly, he says, I think I may have grabbed the towel in Buffalo. Now, if you remember this, this is UFC 210. He's fighting Anthony Rumble Johnson. He weighs 1.2 pounds over. He goes out for a minute or two, and then he comes back in, and magically, he's 1.2 pounds lower, and he makes weight. Uh, doesn't go run, doesn't go to a sauna, uh, but he comes back in. And you can see him kind of holding the towel. He actually, he goes into Not details kind of. of how he did this. He actually says he may have. So there's still some doubt there, obviously. Uh, but he says, uh, he goes into detail of how this happens is that he looks down, he sees the uh, commissioner looking away. And then he sees another person looking away. And so then he kind of uses the towel to drop that extra weight. And that's how they get him. Um, you know, that's how he ends up. He apologizes to Anthony Johnson kind of in a joking way. Uh, I did see someone post on Twitter, like um, if this was an, like an Olympic sport, right. And someone came out and said that they cheated even years later, they would strip him of his, uh, of their medals. Like no, no question about it. Like if you, if you admitted to cheating, you would miss out. You would be stripped of those. Now, Eddie, you don't like Daniel Cormier. It's very evident in the way you talk about him. Do you think I that this dislike is, him. you dislike him? You don't like Daniel Cormier. I don't. I just think he's as, um, as fake as he claims John Jones is. How do you feel about this admission of guilt from Daniel Cormier? Well, first off, I'm glad he admits what we could already see for years. Um, but it just kind of goes to show you that I was right. You know, I'm not saying he's anywhere near as dumb as John Jones, but he is not as perfect a guy as um, we kind of make him out to be. What do we call him? The, the, what is the daddest man in the UFC? So he's like kind of the cuddly teddy bear character. I'm like, he's got a little dirt on him. Just saying. Still a good guy. Still a great fighter. But yeah, yeah, whatever. Now, let's move on before I uh, talk myself into a hole. Tommy Fury, brother of Tyson Fury, was unable to make it to the U.S. for a press conference this week for his fight against <sighs> Jake Paul. I had to say his name. What's up with that? Yeah, so Tommy Fury was supposed to go last Wednesday uh, to New York for a press conference at Madison Square Garden. Uh, Jake Paul was there. He, he arrives at Heathrow International. 
And he's taken away and he's told that he is denied entry to a plane headed to New York because of his, you know, his family ties to suspected crime boss, Daniel Kinahan. Um, Tommy was just in the U.S. Hmm. a month ago. And, you know, he assured the Jake Paul team that, you know, they could actually, um, you know, they could be there. And so, but what we found out, right, is that, you know, Jake Paul's team and the lawyers say that, hey, all you got to do is go to the embassy. They can get you. Jake Paul feels like he's trying to get him to go make, do the fight in, uh, over in the U.K., Jake Paul's like, that's fine. I'll do it if you guys will guarantee me the money that I would make here because, you know, pay-per-views are better in the U.S. Um, gates are bigger in the U.S. He's like, yeah, if we can guarantee all those things, great. If you can't, then, no, you, you need to find a way to get here. Uh, obviously, you know, so we talked about Daniel Kinahan before. He helped found the MTK Global Boxing Promotions. Uh, it used to rep Tyson Fury. You know, other, other you know, fighters like Darren Till, he might have some issues now. Uh, but it seems like they are, um, you know, having issues with fighters or promoters that are linked to the Kinahan team that they are being prevented. So there's no word yet. They haven't they haven't postponed the fight. They haven't canceled the fight yet. So waiting to hear kind of what happens there. Uh, but obviously, you know that this definitely seems a little bit more in jeopardy right now. Yeah, they've got a month to work it out. But you got to wonder, you know, that whole Kinahan thing came out a while back. And if he, if Tommy Fury was just in the U.S. a month ago, you know, what stopped them in England from keeping him from coming in then? Did he fly in from somewhere else? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, can he can he just not leave England? What's the deal? It's, it's um, very interesting and weird, and it'll be interesting to see how it goes from here on out. Can I say interesting any more times? Well, this is interesting, Jordan. JoJo Calderwood, sorry, JoJo Wood, has been removed from the, from the UFC rankings. What's up with that? Yeah, she's got two fights left on her contract, but she let the UFC know that she wants to take the rest of the year off uh, from fighting. She's planning on still kind of helping and, and training and helping her team out, uh, but we won't see JoJo until next year. Okay, Good for her. Good luck. And a couple of high-profile names, Jordan, have recently signed contracts with the WWE. What's up with that? Yeah, so you mentioned Jake Paul earlier, but now Jake's older brother, Logan Paul. So we saw him at WrestleMania this year. Logan, you know, he put like the uh, the official, you know, tweet with uh, Triple H that he's officially signed a contract. Uh, but Ugh. he has signed, uh, so he signed a multi-year deal. He's going to perform at, uh, you know, it's an undisclosed number of live events a year. I can't imagine that Logan Paul is going on the road every night. And he's, he's not going to do be house doing shows, house no. shows. Uh, maybe the Madison Square Garden, maybe some big ones, maybe an Ohio one, you know, if that's where, you know, they're from. Uh, so maybe you see him there. Uh, you got to think that maybe he starts something up with The Miz. The Miz and him, you know, they had that, that match at SummerSlam where they were tag team champions, and, and then The Miz turned on him right at the end of the match. So no, maybe. Mania. Uh, excuse me, at WrestleMania. What did I say? SummerSlam? SummerSlam, yeah. yeah. So SummerSlam, maybe they, they do something there uh, to start that. But Logan Paul, uh, he is in the WWE right now. Another person, Valerie Lareda, that's, that's Benham, excuse me, Bellator Bantamweight, Valerie Lareda. Uh, she has also signed a, is, is a flyweight. She has signed so. a contract with WWE, and she is going to leave MMA. Now, she will stay on the Bellator roster just in case she ever does want to come back. Uh, kind of like Jake Hager. That way, she uh, you know she can come back. But that way, she also can't go fight somewhere else if she does choose to do that. Uh, but right. she uh, but she actually she, did. Go ahead. She will actually be going to NXT. Yeah. Like you should when you have uh, when you're a rookie wrestler, as opposed to Logan Paul being shot up to the regular roster and fighting with Hall of Famers. Well, it's a little bit tough when you you know you you debut at WrestleMania, 
to go back to NXT afterwards. So uh, Valerie yeah. Lareda, she tried out for uh, for the, the WWE before WrestleMania last April. Uh, she's expecting to report to the Performance Center in July. So you're right. It's going to be a little bit of time before we really see her like kind of in the mix. Uh, Lareda went yeah. four for one in MMA. Uh, all four of her fights were in Bellator. Or excuse me, all five of her fights were in Bellator. She's only 23 years old. So obviously there's probably a lot of uh, opportunity for her. And, and it'll be really interesting to see. You know, one thing for certain... Uh, gosh, I mean, we've seen these MMA moves from, uh, you know, UFC to WWE or, you know, uh, interesting that uh, Paige, you know, went from BKFC to AEW. That seems to be like a little bit more of a rivalry right there than, than you think, right, of, between those two. Um, That'd be interesting. But Ronda Rousey, man, that, she just doesn't seem to be working right now. What do you mean she's not working she's right not, now? She, she was a SmackDown Women's Champion. Sure, but like, does anyone like her? Are there really Ronda Rousey, like, WWE? I mean, she's not trying to be a heel. She's a heel like in there, no. but like she's just. No, no, she she's a face now. She, she she actually came out as I don't know. I think she was trying to be a heel at first, but they've completely face turned her, and yeah, she gets a huge pop, man. Everyone loves her. I don't believe that as at all. I don't believe everyone. Uh, loves you her. you haven't been watching. I don't. Well, think... okay, the the kids love her. Is she that good on the mic? I mean, the stuff I've heard, it's not very good. She's gotten better. The tons better. I appreciate you saying yes to that answer. That was a yes or no question. So good. Uh, all yes, right, Eddie. She's more than decent. All right. Again, How's yeah, that? I get a yes or no question. Perfect. Uh, all right. <laughs> let me hit you with some new fights. Uh, Jared Bandera versus Chase Sherman. Uh, Lauren Murphy versus Misha Tate. That's going to UFC Long Island. Uh, Matt Semmelsberger versus Alex Morono. That's coming to Dallas. Miranda Maverick versus Shayna Young. Angela Hill versus Lupita Godinez. And then Lorenz Larkin versus Mukamed Berkamov and Veda Ortega. Versus Vanessa Porter. Those are a couple of Bellator fights. Eddie, that's what's up with that. Those are new fights, guys. You're listening to Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn, hornfm.com, and we will be right back. Until next time. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn, hornfm.com. That is Eddie. I am Jordan. You can follow us both at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Eddie, there's a sneaky good fight this weekend. You've got UFC on ESPN 39, the battle of the Rafaels. Rafael Dos Anjos versus Rafael Fiziev. Is it Rafael versus Rafael? Probably. It's, I think we, and I think that happened the last time. These guys were supposed to fight. A few months ago, uh, I think Fazeev actually ended up with COVID. This was back in March, right before. So they had to push the fight back where he got injured. Uh, and Or no, he had visa issues. That's what it was. He couldn't get into the country. And uh, so this fight now is finally happening. Uh, this is a great fight. RDA, former champion uh, at lightweight. You got uh, Fazeev, who is, you know, he's a guy that is, is on a roll. He's 11-1. and one. His last three wins, Brad Riddell, Bobby Green, Hanada Moicano, uh, Mark Diacassi, that's fifth one. So this is a guy that is, you know, he's a top prospect. This will be a really good fight. I'm, I'm actually going to take Dos Anjos in this, or excuse me, Fiziev in this fight. I think this is a chance for him to to showcase himself among the uh, some of the elite in the division. Yeah, this seems like one of those passing of the torch fights because Dos Anjos has been great for a long time, former lightweight champ. But, and he's still up there. But Fiziev is a dog, man. And he is going to be tough to handle. Yeah. But it'll be fun to watch. The the co-main event, I know these guys don't have Wikipedia pages. The what? But uh, the, what, what this, this is a good one. Kyle Borallo 
versus Armin Petrosian. This is a fun fight, dude. Watch this fight. You're going to enjoy it. Uh, Borajo, he's good. This is uh, this this will be really interesting. You also yeah. have. I was actually looking at the next fight. Yeah, Saeed Nurmagomedov yeah. versus Douglas Silva de Andrade. Yeah, that's a fun fight too, right? Um, you know. Saeed, he's got a win over Cody Stamen in his last fight. He submitted him. Uh, he KO'd this, his win before that. Uh, he's another guy. That's going to be a fun one. And that's Habib cu Habib's cousin, right? Yeah. Uh, also on the fight card, you got Michael Johnson versus Jamie Malarkey. Uh, you got Cynthia Cavillo versus Nina Nunes. Both of them kind that's of on. That's what I want to see. It's kind, they're both kind of on a skid, uh, but that should be that should be fun, anyways. Uh, Ayman Zahabi, that's the brother of Faraz Zahabi. And then another good fight, you got Antonina Shevchenko versus Courtney Casey. So a lot of like yeah, that's what I'm really interested in seeing too. A lot of like the I don't want to say like the lesser known, but like Nina Nunes, the wife of Amanda Nunes, Ayman <laughs> Zahabi, the brother of Faraz Zahabi, Antonina Shevchenko, the sister of Valentina Shevchenko. So you know that's there, a good point. There's still some uh, some good fights there. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Eddie, thanks so much for listening. You guys can check out Sports Guys Talking Wrestling. Coming up next, Stu Myrick, Justin Simmons. We are proud to be the MMA show of Texas. Uh, tell your friends, follow us at Fight 90 Text on Twitter, on Instagram, and Facebook. Hey, stay safe. Be nice to each other. Stay positive and love your life. And if we ever didn't thank you, let us do it now. Happy trails to you. Till we meet again.